A great way to support Daily Thunder is by visiting one of our partners, ShopGood. ShopGood has you covered on all Thunder-related clothing items, including original and hand-printed shirts, hats, and stickers for both adults and kids. Be sure to check out our Thunderbird Tee, a popular team redesign concept that pays homage to Oklahoma's Native American culture. To view Daily Thunder's entire catalog at ShopGood, visit shopgoodokc.com slash daily dash thunder. Thank you for listening to this episode and for supporting Daily Thunder. Welcome back to the Daily Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Woods. I am here, as always, with Brandon Rabar, Daily Thunder beat writer. Brandon, how are you, man? I am good. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a Friday night. Thunder lost by by double digits, but there was some promise from the uh, Thunder's top two pieces going forward. So to me, it was still a win in the Thunder column tonight. You're a big moral victory guy. I am. I mean, when you're doing a rebuild, when you're going through a rebuild, it's it's got to be about moral victories because if you're gonna, you know, get your enjoyment and happiness from from wins and losses, like the actual wins and losses in the NBA standings, you're gonna have a miserable time, uh, you know, for at least this year and maybe the next year. Uh, so, yeah, it's all about moral victories. It's all about seeing what SGA, Giddy, and and Dort do. If you're new to the podcast. This is lesson one. Brandon is the eternal optimist. He is incredibly optimistic about pretty much everything, but especially when it comes to uh, to this Thunder team and the rebuild. Wouldn't you say? You would agree with that, right? You're very optimistic. I like to say I'm a realistic optimist. Okay. Like, like you know, I, I, I am an optimist, but I, I wouldn't go so far as to say I'm like a homer. <laughs> or like an un- unrealistic, uh, you know, I like to, I like to spit facts. Now they may have a positive spin mm. and I may look at, you know, all the positives. Like if I were to break down a game, you know, I'd focus on, you know, tonight, for instance, against the Hornets. All right. Well, the Thunder lost by like 23 points uh, and everybody outside of SGA and Giddy were not very good. So I'd probably just focus on SGA and Giddy and talk about how good they were and just kind of, you know, maybe not bring up some of the guys who who were 0 for or 1 for tonight. I guess I'd say there's a few 1 for guys. Uh, I just want to bring those guys up. And for for another example, on lottery night, I believe it was you that was uh, – you were talking me off the ledge after the result of 6. That was a low night for a lot of fans, and I feel like Brandon was kind of our North Star. He kind of kept us, uh, <laughs> kept us in line. Well, my, my – Feeling again, you know, obviously not the best turnout, but I had done so much nerdy research. Yeah, again, you were I just so you were so high on so many guys. You felt good about it. I was. I was like, if the Thunder end up with Scotty Barnes, that's really good. If the <laughs> Thunder end up, and, and of course that turned out to be true. If the Thunder end up with Jonathan Kaminga, that's really good. And I still think long term Kaminga will be a nice player. He's he's actually showed out for the Warriors the last several games. And, of course, you knew I was really, really high on Josh Giddy. I didn't think the Thunder would pick him at number six. But when they eventually did, I was happy with that pick. So, I mean, like, if the Thunder would have ended up, you know, with, a, like, the eighth pick, 
you know, that would have been, you know, rough. But I, I felt like there was a few players there that would be there at six that you could get excited about. Yeah. So that was an interesting moment looking back at it. The fact that we we kind of had our once once the pick came to, to Oklahoma City and we had seen who had come off the board, we all kind of thought it would either be Book Knight or uh Kaminga, both yeah. names starting with J. So when Adam Silver started his started Josh Giddy's name with Jay. I was like, okay, now which one is it? And it was right. a name that I completely did not expect. Um, I rewatched it the other day and it still it reminded me how like totally shocked I was because I was expecting a J name. I was expecting yeah. one of two J names, and it was a third J name that I was not expecting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, John and Josh or, you know, Jonathan and Josh, I mean, yeah. so you got the J O uh, at the very beginning. So, yeah. It was, it was shocking. Uh, but, you know, if, if you go back and listen to these, you know, old pre-draft podcasts or, you know, when I was doing other podcasts or spots on the radio or articles. I just kept going back to Josh Giddy because the new thunder stereotype are these really, really big guys who are all six, eight, six, nine, who can handle the ball really well, have really, really high IQ that can pass really well, that are team guys. And it was just like, and that are really young and like Josh Giddy, like checked all those boxes. So I was like, Josh Giddy is like exactly who Sam Preston would like. I just didn't think that it would take him at six. Mm -hmm. But then again, I knew there was no way he'd be available at 18th. So I just didn't think that they would end up with him. Uh, but I also didn't know how high the Warriors and, and the Grizzlies were on him. And then there was no way he was going to fall past seven. So, so yeah, but, uh, you know, and obviously that has turned out really, really well. You know, would you have rather had that, you know, first or second picking at Kate Cunningham or Evan Mobley? obviously, or better yet, end up with one of those guys plus the fifth pick. That was the thing that really hurt, I thought, that they didn't end up with the Rockets pick. That was a, that one stung. Speaking that, of Josh what, Giddy, 21 points, nine, or nine rebounds, three assists tonight. Um, continues to move the ball well, no matter who he's out there with. Uh, he, you know, We talked about it last year with SGA, but another guy that's just going to have a ton of potential assists not realized based on who he's out there with. And... Um, I think it's incredibly exciting going forward. The fact that he remains such a willing and high level passer, knowing I'm, he's smart enough to know, like I'm going to, I'm going to whip this to the corner because it's the right play. And today there isn't a guy there that's going to hit this shot, but one day there will be. So I've got to continue to like train this muscle to get this pass to this spot in time and uh, in the right spot, because one day there will be a guy there that is uh, capable of finishing this type of pass. Yeah, that's no, that's exactly right. And, and there will be at some point, there will be guys who are, you know, the thunder it's, it's not like the old days where Sam Presley is going to draft a bunch of really athletic guys who are defenders, but can't shoot at all. That's, that's not the, the thunder prototype anymore. He's going to draft shooters, you know, and, and had he had the chance, he would have drafted a shooter in this draft. And he did with Trey Mann, uh, but it was with the 18th pick. But, you know, coming up to the 2022 draft, 
I, I think that you can fully expect for the Thunder to draft shooters. And and Josh Giddy, man, if you surround Josh Giddy and SGA with shooters, it's a game changer. I mean, mm-hmm. they're making the right plays. And you saw tonight, uh, I was I was talking to to somebody else, and you saw tonight they they defended Josh Giddy and SGA kind of straight up, and they defended everybody else. And that's why Giddy and SGA just went to town. They were able to score whenever they wanted to because for once the the paint wasn't clogged. Usually you see teams defending the Thunder and they just completely pack the paint and make them beat beat you from outside. Tonight, uh, SGA and Giddy, it was a lot easier, more room to breathe, and they both went off. 29 points for SGA, 21 for Giddy. Um, and ideally – you surround these two guys with three shooters in the starting lineup, and that's what you'll see more often in the future. And, uh, yeah, Giddy's going to make all those right passes. And, and you know, instead of ending nights with, with three assists like tonight, he, he should have easily had like seven or eight tonight. I mean, that's, that's just a typical, typical thing for Josh. Speaking of shooters, we've talked, we talked about him last week, but 20 points for P.J. Washington – he went six of ten for three. Every single shot he took tonight was was a three. He went six for ten. Uh, he did make two free throws. Um, he was a plus twenty in twenty six minutes. I really like his size and the fact that he's just he's a fantastic shooter at his size. I love I love the idea as him with of him as a as a good fit with SGA and Giddy. Yeah. No. Exactly. He's a guy that if the Thunder are going to trade for a young prospect, you know, we, we talk so much about Thunder trades and it's usually for first round picks or second round picks. And they haven't really made a trade yet for a young prospect. And, you know, obviously like Ty Jerome was, was traded here as a part of the, as a part of the uh, Chris Paul trade. And there's been guys like that, Isaiah Roby, some guys with some potential, but not any guys like with the, with the ceiling, of a PJ Washington or a Cam Reddish. They didn't trade for Cam Reddish, but you know, you hear these names and the Thunder haven't traded for one of those guys yet, but PJ Washington really would be kind of the ideal guy, uh, affordable. If he's actually, you know, available, uh, I, I just don't know why the Hornets would, but if he's available, then yeah, uh, you could get a guy like that. And he makes sense. He fits the timeline. He can shoot, he can play small forward, power forward, and he can really help a team like I, a guy like that makes a lot of sense. And a guy that you don't have to kind of break the bank, whether it be with with draft stock or by giving him a, a huge extension. And he's only 23. He doesn't turn 24 until August, until uh, until the offseason. Like, he's he's relatively young. I would think yeah, of so, him as older than that. Yeah, like if, if Shea Gilgis-Alexander is the timeline, which he is, uh, you know, that's his nickname, uh, to, to a lot of people, <laughs> right. the timeline, right. he is, he is exactly on that timeline. Cause he is the exact same age as Shea Gilgis Alexander and went to Kentucky. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So, I mean, obviously, and obviously the Thunder love Kentucky players, not only Shea, uh, but there's been a history lately of Kentucky players and there's a couple guys coming out that the Thunder could be interested in as well. But yeah, I mean, PJ Washington kind of saw up close and personal. He, he is a guy that would absolutely help this Thunder team. And, and I do wonder, uh, you know, at some point, the Thunder are going to trade for players. Everybody jokes around that they always trade players for picks. They are going to trade for some players at some point, like players they actually plan to use and keep. 
Uh, and if, if you're picking guys, PJ Washington is kind of a perfect guy. All right. You mentioned a couple guys that uh, coming out of the draft from Kentucky. So let's get into this. Uh, I want to talk about where Oklahoma city sits and what your thoughts are for uh, kind of projecting uh, wh- where you think they finish the rest of the way um, as far as tanking goes. And I know that's not everybody's favorite word, but uh, 538 put out a, uh, a new an updated projection, win total projection for, for, uh, for every team. And Oklahoma city, they have Oklahoma city finishing with finishing with the third worst record. So Orlando with the worst at 19 wins, uh, Detroit second to last with 21 wins. And then Oklahoma City, they have a third worst record in the league with 23, followed by Houston at 24. So they, right now, Oklahoma City and Houston have the same amount of wins. They project Houston with one more win uh, remain uh, through the remainder of their schedule. Would have been nice to get that one against Golden State tonight. I don't know if uh, we're recording pretty much. We, we hit record right after that game ended. Steph hit a buzzer beater to uh, to beat the Rockets. I think the Rockets had like a seven-point lead uh, with the, and with just a couple minutes left. Um, I, yeah, I know it was 91 to 82. Yeah, it was 91 to 82 at one point in the fourth. Yeah. They, 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 they just blew it there at the end. They did a lot of Rockets things late <laughs> in that game. Um, and then the, they, uh, to finish this out, Kings at Kings, uh, with the fifth worst record is what they're projecting with 29. So a big discrepancy, a big cushion there between four and five with 24 wins to 29 wins. So you're kind of looking at a, uh, at a team in Orlando. That's probably, I mean, they might've already locked up one of those bottom two records. I think we'd both agree with that. Um, going to be tough for them to to pass who's ahead of them and then Detroit and then Oklahoma City that's what that's where they have it so your initial thoughts on that projection and um where that leaves Oklahoma City yeah it's, I I think that Orlando's ascension number one like that's just the way it is I, I don't see any way that doesn't happen but I will say Detroit only has three less losses than OKC. And in their last 10, they've had three more wins than OKC has had. Um, so I don't think it's just completely out of the realm of possibility that Detroit uh, passes OKC. I, I don't think it'll happen. I think that the Pistons will, will end up there. But it's possible. They, you know, obviously Kay Cunningham is kind of kind of coming on. And they've got a couple other guys that, you know, can can help as far as winning goes. And OKC, the biggest difference is between them and the Rockets, is which is kind of primarily what I'll focus on because I do think ultimately Magic will be number one, Pistons probably be number two. We saw last year that Troy Weaver will throw in the towel and 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 tank when when necessary. So I think that'll happen. Um, the Rockets are playing their vets right now. They're playing Eric Gordon, Christian Wood. And those guys, so many minutes, and they're actually trying to win. And obviously, the Thunder, when they step on the court, they try to win. They're, they're playing to win. The players are playing to win, and the coaches are playing to win. But they don't play their vets big minutes. They only have a couple of vets, Mike Muscala, Derek Favors, and Kenrich Williams. And Derek Favors, you never know any given night whether he's going to play or not. And Kenrich and, and Muscala are playing few minutes. They're not playing big minutes. 
when they play, they make a big difference, just like Christian Wood and Eric Gordon do for the Rockets. Uh, but the Thunder have committed to playing the young guys many more minutes. And so I, I think that the Thunder will end up third. I think that the Rockets will end up passing them. Um, you know, you still I still worry a little bit about the Spurs, Pacers, Kings, and Blazers. But the Blazers have been hot lately. Simons has been really, you know, Anthony Simons has been really good. CJ McCollum has been back, and he's been really good. Maybe Dame comes back. But right now they're in the playing spot. And it looks like they're playing to win. They're six and four in their last 10. And they have one of the easiest schedules for the rest of the way. So I think they're kind of safe from there. The Kings, you always got to worry about the Kings. The Pelicans will be fine. Uh, I think with Ingram and, and uh, oh my gosh, the big. Val, Val, oh my, I always struggle to say his name, Ryan. I will never be able to say his name. I got you, Jonas Valanciunas. Valanciunas, thank you. Uh, I can spell it, but I can't say it. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the speaking of the Blazers' schedule, I'm looking at it right now. They close with the Pacers, Pistons, Spurs, Rockets twice, Oklahoma City, uh, New Orleans, Spurs two more times, Oklahoma City again, Pelicans again. So they right. get Houston twice, Spurs three times, Oklahoma City twice, New Orleans twice, and then the Pistons and Pacers. Yeah. Yeah, that's their final, what, eleven games? That's, that's huge. They could potentially win every one of those if Dame's back. Yeah, if Dame's back, and you know, right now, like I said, they're in the plane, and the West is so weird right now. Who's going to take that last spot from the Blazers? I mean, maybe the Pelicans uh, if Zion comes back, and I, I don't know. the The Spurs still scare me, but you know, I think that that loss to the Spurs was big. Obviously, uh, maybe the Spurs. Were, Pop needs 10 more wins for the rest of the season to to break the all-time record. So yeah, you brought that up today. That's a good point. That's something to watch for because that would be something worth playing for. Especially yes. if they know internally that this is his last year. Obviously, right. that could that he might coach for 10 more years. Who knows? But if that's something that they know internally, that could be something they go for. Right. And, and if it's a deal where like he wants to break the record, but he doesn't necessarily want to come back next year. Like, you know, he's going to play until – I don't think he'll come up too short and then not coach next year. So, you know, I, I think that they could go for it. Right now they're 17 and 29. You add 10 wins to that, that's 27 and 29. The Thunder would have to win 13 games for the rest of the season to tie that. So I think that would be safe, and that's huge. Uh, the Pacers yep. I worry about because Sabonis supposedly has a significant injury. Miles Turner is out for who knows how long. They've talked about trading both of those guys, the deadline possibly. But they've got Brogdon. They've got uh, Chris LeVert. They've got Lance Stevenson back. Uh, and they're feisty. They've won two in a row. So hopefully there's a little bit of space enough there uh, to hold off the Pacers. So what I'm saying is I think that the bottom four, even though I think Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Josh Giddy give you a baseline of talent that's better than a lot of these teams, what they have, the Thunder just don't have the depth. That's why they're losing. They don't have the vets that these other teams do, and they don't have the depth behind SGA, Giddy, Dort, and then I'll throw in Kenrich and Muscala. Everybody else, they're all so young. You know, Trey Mann's exciting. Uh, JRE has been solid. Wiggins has been solid. But the rookies, it's up and down, especially on the road, inconsistencies and things like that. So that's why the Thunder are going to lose. I think they have a brighter future than all these teams because they have SGA, Giddy, and all these picks. But for this season, 
I think that the Thunder are pretty secure in having one of the bottom four records. I think they'll end up three. Yeah. And, and you mentioning they, they don't have the vets that the, some of these other teams have very much by design. Right. Yep. Sam uh, Presti knows that's how you, you win with vets. I mean, you got to have young talent and that's what a rebuild's all about, but young talent. I mean, look at Russ and Katie's first season together. These were going to be two of the best players of all time, but that first season when it was Katie's year number two and, and Russ's rookie year, it was a struggle. I mean, yeah. they struggled to win no matter Katie's rookie year when he was all by himself, they couldn't win. And I mean, that's just how it is with young talent, no matter how good Josh Giddy and SGA are right now, it's still young talent. Uh, SGA is ready to win obviously, but he doesn't have the vets around him. Uh, we've got to talk about the Clippers. Um, uh. They, they won again tonight. Uh, they won. They gave the Nuggets all they could handle uh, in Denver the other night. It took probably the best game anybody's played this year uh, from Jokic to beat that that Clipper team. They're obviously down uh, Paul George and Kawhi, and this is uh, you. People talk a lot about culture in the NBA, and it really does matter. And you're seeing it with the Clippers. They have it. They have one of the best five coaches in the league, and he counts for a lot uh, when when you've got injuries like they have and legitimate stars uh, gone, you fall back on, you fall back on culture and leadership and a coach that's going to, that's going to continue to uh, encourage guys, inspire guys to play incredibly hard uh, no matter who's out there. And it shows because they are, um, they're very efficient. They do things well. They don't beat themselves. And for the Thunder, it's very, very frustrating right now because looking at their schedule, you know, we've been waiting on this part of their schedule uh, because it's very, on paper, it's very tough, but they are standing up to it. And I got to say, it's impressive what they're doing. I, I give most of the credit to, to Ty Lue and just keeping the guys together because they could easily phone it in. They could easily check out especially with reports out there that they're going to be sellers at the deadline. That is those, that is every possible ingredient you would need for a team that's just going to fold and say, we'll see you in the fall. And they haven't done that. They are playing super hard. And tonight they came back once again on a, on a team with, with a legitimate MVP candidate in Embiid. Like it was uh, on the road. It's, it's just really impressive, but also very frustrating. <laughs> It's, it's really frustrating, man. Like as if you're a fan of the thunder and you know that, you know, the thunder have a really good chance at a, at a top pick with their own pick, but it's still going to end up being a coin flip as we saw last year. And then this Clippers pick with Kawhi out and PG out for who knows how long and looking at this tough schedule and it just looked like, Oh man, this could be another top 10 pick. The thunder could, could legitimately have a top five pick and then another top 10 pick. And then these Clippers, again, credit to the Clippers, credit to Ty Lue, but it is it is really, really uh, frustrating if you're a Thunder fan to see them beat a 76ers team in Philly uh, with Joel Embiid going off and Tobias Harris having a really good game. The Clippers were up by 20 points, 20 points, and they lose at home to a Paul George and Kawhi-less Clippers team. Credit to the Clippers, credit to Ty Lue, but man, their record 
could be a lot worse than it is right now. Right now, the uh, the Clippers are in the number 15 spot, 23 and 24. And, of course, all years for the West to be down, it would be this year. Right. I mean, nor- right. normally 23 and 24 in the West, you know, this is like a top eight or nine pick right now. Right. But as it is right now, it's 15. Now, if the Timberwolves can win, if they win tomorrow or the next day, I can't remember when they play, uh, then the Clip- they've been flip-flopping back and forth. Like the last couple weeks, the Wolves and Clippers just keep going back and forth between being in the lottery and being in the playoffs. Ideally, if you're a Thunder fan, you want the Clippers to to end up in the play-in in one of the nine or ten spots uh, and not the seven or eight spot because it's a lot harder to make it in the playoffs. you got to win two games if you're nine or ten. You just have to win one game if you're seven or eight. Uh, so if they can end up in the nine or 10 spot, uh, there's a good chance they'll end up in the lottery, but man, their next, uh, their next game is Sunday and they play at the Knicks, which that really is, that's kind of one of those games that counts twice, right? Cause the Knicks are just below them in the standings. That would, that would help a ton. Um, but going back to that 538 projection, they have the Clippers finishing uh, with the 12th worst record. So that would be a lottery pick. They project the Clippers to miss the playoffs. Um, they also, 11th is the Lakers. Uh, they, they, we talked about it in our, in our, uh, pre, in our preview season preview. Um, I read off some numbers from 538 that had the Lakers finishing at 500 at 41 and 41. And we, we were like, what, like, what are they, what do they know that we don't know? But, they were dead on about the struggles that the Lakers would would have. Uh, back to the Clippers, though, they have the Knicks and then the Wizards coming up, and those are two. Those are the next two games, and then they go to Orlando. So, uh, if they if ideally they lose both the Knicks game and the Wizards game, yeah, ideal, and they could. I mean, these are road games. The Knicks are capable. I mean, they've struggled as of late, but they're basically a five hundred team. The Wizards have been good. I mean, on paper, you know, without Paul George and Kawhi, those should be losses. I mean, like they're playing heavy minutes to like Brandon Boston Jr. Yeah. And obviously Terrence Mann, they're high on him, but he's been, you know, up and down. And then like guys like Batum, like going off for 30 points in one half. I mean, it's just been that like they've been getting these, these crazy wins. Uh, and, Every win or loss for this Clippers team is so big for the Thunder and their possible draft pick. I mean, it's it's such an enormous difference if they end up with, say, the 10th pick or the 15th pick, just because of the talent that's there and also the ability to move up. You know, if there's a guy that they love at number seven, it's a lot easier to move up from 10 to seven than it is from 15 to seven. Yep. Uh, so, you know, and, and, you know, with most drafts, I mean, you can look at last year's draft, the like Franz Wagner was taken at eight. Uh, James Booknight was taken at 11. Uh, you know, in the NBA, it's not like the NFL where you, where you find, you know, one through 32, they're all good players. And then second round, they're all good players. Like it's such a big drop off from like one to five to six to 10 to 11 to 15 to 16 to 20. And of course, you know, it's, it's, it's a crapshoot once you get past the top three, four, five. Uh, but historically, there's tiers, and so you you really really want this Clippers pick to end up as a as a possible top ten or twelve 
if possible. Plus, it gives you it's another chance at the lottery. It increases your odds, right? That it's a top four pick. Um, shout out Portland. They came back and beat Boston on the road. Uh, that's a yeah. very helpful win, as well as Atlanta. They beat Miami. Um, so a couple good, good, uh, good wins. It wasn't all bad tonight for the uh, for the standings as far as Thunder goes. What do you know about Shaden Sharp? He uh, allegedly will be a part of this this draft class. Um, what are your thoughts on him and just him as a player, and then him potentially being a part of this class? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I didn't know anything about him until that report came out a couple of days ago about him. So, of course, same because I'm a nerd. Because I'm a nerd. Oh, you too. I'd never uh, heard of his name. <laughs> yeah, neither did I. So, like Spencer sent us a message. Uh, Spencer, also part of a uh, Daily Thunder, Spencer Davis, and me and Ryan were like, "Oh, okay." And then, like, I immediately, I was like, "I have no idea who this dude is." So I looked him up. I did all my research. Now I feel like I'm like you know, pretty well versed in him and he's a really really exciting fun player uh he's a guy he's at kentucky right now hopefully he comes out into this draft because the more blue chip top talent at the top of this draft the better for the thunder so if they end up you know again with the fifth or sixth pick maybe you still get a blue chip guy there and maybe you know if they end up with the third or fourth it pushes one of the bigs down that the thunder want but if the thunder ended up with sharp I mean, I, I know that everybody thinks the Thunder uh, are only going to draft a big here, a power forward or a center, and it is the biggest need. But right now, the only ones that you know for sure, without a doubt, going forward are like build around them players for a contender are SGA and Josh Kitty. Maybe Lou Dort. Maybe Lou Dort. I, maybe he he tops out as a really, really good role player. Um but as far as like you know, you can start them hopefully on a contender would be SGA and Giddy at this point. Um, so I think you can still take a guard like Sharp. He's a really dynamic, athletic guy. He's a three point shooter. He's got NBA range. Um, he's he's really electric and exciting. He can finish around the rim. He can dunk. Um, he's got a great wingspan. He's only like six three, but he's got like a six nine wingspan. So you can play him at the two or the three. He would be a great fit in the middle of, of SGA and Giddy. So, yeah, I mean, if the Thunder were to end up with him, another Kentucky guy, uh, be really, really exciting. But again, he can also push down some more talent to the Thunder, which is great as well. Right. I think you hit the nail on the head with you want as many tier one guys in this draft as, as possible. That like, that is the best possible scenario. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now, unless you end up with like the first or second or third pick, then you're like, ah, I hope the rest of the guys stink because you got one of those top guys. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> then you want to then you want to hoard the the only good player in the draft. Right, exactly. But playing the odds, and you know, and, and the odds of getting the first or second pick, you know, are, are you know slim. Then you like it expands once you get to third, fourth, fifth. Then you're like, okay, if there's like five or six really really good guys, and right now it looks like if I were to say tier one guys. I think there's five. I still think that uh, Jabari for me is number one. I'd have uh, Bancaro two, Chet Holmgren three. Then I'd have Sharp four, and then I would have a Jaden Ivy five. Like if you can end up with one of those five guys, you're getting a really, really good player. And all those guys can potentially shoot. They're all shooters. Uh, so for the Thunder – they would all feel a huge need because I think that shooting is still a bigger need than just size at this point. 
I read a report, uh, an anonymous uh, uh, front office uh, executive said of Jabari Smith, he's one of the best six foot ten or higher, one of the best six foot ten or higher shooters alive. Um, yeah, and he he really is an amazing like an amazing shooter for his size. He is, and it, and he can play defense. And he's got he's got a great wingspan. Like, yeah, he's only six ten, but he can play some center because of his wingspan. Man, he is. He how is much? Definitely how much of him have you watched? I've I've watched more and more. Like, I've become kind of nerdy on on the draft, like in the last couple of weeks. And so, who does I, I who, who does he remind you of? Like, if you had like, I know we we hate comparisons, but I'm going to ask you for one. Like, who who does he remind you of? This is going to sound ridiculous, and it's not perfect, but just looking at his size and his shooting ability and his ability to kind of handle the ball and create for his size. He kind of reminds me of KD. I mean, it's, it's not perfect. Uh, but, but like, I'm just looking at six, like there's not many guys. And that's why you take, like you roll the dice on a Poku at number 17. Right. If you can get a guy that's basically seven feet tall and can shoot and has NBA range and can handle some, put it on the floor and can play some defense. I mean, that's, that can be a franchise changer. And I'm not saying he's Kevin Durant, but if I had to say who he reminds me of uh, right now, it'd be the closest one. Who who are you thinking? I honestly, that's why I asked. Cause I didn't know. I haven't watched enough of him to, to think like, you know, to my the first time I saw him, I thought about Rudy Gay, which I know he's not like, uh, like tier one, uh, in, as far as like he, he's not a Durant, but like that's what it looked like to me is like the way he moved around and the way he the way he shot the ball. He just shoots from such a high release point, as does Kevin Durant. But like that's what it reminded me of, um, like a like yeah. a McGrady, like a taller like a taller wing shooter, like similar to Rudy Gay to me, but like even bigger, you know I mean? Even taller. He's very tall. Um, he's listed at six ten, but of course we, as we know it, once you get past six, nine, like who knows, who knows, right. you could be, you could be seven foot. Um, right. So yeah, the, I, I know I've, that I've started to watch comparison. college a little more. I've started to watch these guys. Like I've started to like seek out their games more and more. Yep. Same here. Same here. I, I've done the same thing. Like uh, I kind of started from the top with, with Paolo and, and Chet and Jabari and worked my way to Jaden Ivy and, and Sharp. Also, I don't know how to say his name because I read these names all the time, but I don't actually hear them said very much, but Benedict Mathurin, mm-hmm. if I'm saying it correctly, he's a really exciting player as well. Um, you know, if the Thunder end up with, with one of those uh, second tier guys, to me, he's at the top of that. Like I would have him at six at this point. Uh, AJ Griffin is right there with those guys, Patrick Baldwin Jr. Um, but yeah, I really, really like Benedict Mathurin as well. And he's a Canadian, and we all know how the, the Thunder feel yeah. about Canadians, yeah. as is uh, Shaden. As is Shaden, yes, we didn't mention that. Yeah, Shaden is a Canadian that's enrolled at Kentucky right now. Yeah. Like it just makes too much sense for him. <laughs> not, and his name starts with Shay, it's Shaden, yeah. it's pronounced Shay. Yeah, so it's Shay. From Canada playing at Kentucky. I mean, come on. It's meant yeah. to be, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, absolutely. 
I was about to make a very, very corny joke, but I'm not going to. Uh, I do want to ask you before we get out of here, are you watching Boba Fett? I'm not yet. I'm not. I, I just have so many things on my list, but I, I am going to get to it. Is it really good? I wouldn't say it's really good, but I am. I'm I'm still going. I'm still going. Okay. I'm caught up and I'm and I'm intrigued enough to keep watching. It's no Mandalorian. No. Okay. No. That's that's what I've heard. No. And that's probably one reason why I haven't been as as on it. Like it's getting good reviews and the people I've talked to, it seems like the critics like it more than than audience. It seems like people I've talked to, it's been kind of mixed. Like pretty good is what I keep the seem hearing. So I, yeah. I haven't jumped on it yet. I will it's, eventually. It's cool. It's cool. I mean, it's okay. it's a little it's a little drier. It's not near as um as to me, it's not near as exciting as Mandalorian, but it's cool. Okay. I figured you were on it though. You're are you a Star Wars guy? I feel like we've talked about this. I am okay. Here's what I am. I'm a pop culture guy. Yeah. I'm a I'm a movie and TV show nerd. So I will watch things that I'm not even necessarily really into. Like I like Star Wars, but I don't love Star Wars. But I've seen every Star Wars movie and show just because I watch everything that comes out if it's like relevant. Right. And so so yeah. Are you, you're, are you caught up on all the Marvel shows? I am. Yeah. Now Marvel, I'm I'm a fanboy of Marvel, so I am caught up in all those. Okay. Perfect. Rank for me. Uh, huh. Rank for me. WandaVision, Loki, and Hawkeye. One, You're going to be surprised by this. And do you want me to do uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier too? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes, that one. Okay. Is one. Okay. So this is going to be a surprise. You're, you're, and I think you're going to completely disagree with me, and that's fine. I don't care. Uh, I actually have WandaVision at number one, and okay. I just thought it. I just thought it was really unique and mm-hmm. different. I love the whole as a child of like the eighties that grew up watching a bunch of like sixties and seventies reruns. I love the whole concept of all the different eras of sitcoms and basing around them. Uh, and I like those characters, Wanda and vision more than I like any of the other characters. Yeah. Uh, besides Loki, I really, really like the Loki character. Uh, and that's why I have Loki at number two, because I really, really like his character. I wasn't as into probably the whole, um, you know, the different, timelines and things like that uh it got a little convoluted to me but i still enjoyed it i would have hawkeye at number three uh haven't been a huge hawkeye fan uh the i I do like the actor i like jeremy renner and then i have falcon and winter soldier at number four i've just never been really big on on winter soldier uh i know a lot of people are uh falcon i'm i'm neutral on so it wasn't great rankings it wasn't great i i thought I, I think WandaVision is more I don't think that's a hot take at all to be I think I would I would guess that's the consensus like favorite Oh really? I, that would be my guess. I will say uh, this this might be the hot take. My favorite was Hawkeye. I was really okay. really enjoyed Hawkeye. Big enjoyed Hi, big Haley Steinfeld fan. Yeah, I I do like Haley Steinfeld and she was my favorite person. See that was my thing like going into it I'm like, "Eh, Hawkeye." Like I mean, he just shoots arrows. I, I mean, I got to say, I enjoyed the low stakes of it all. I enjoyed the fact that like, right. I, this wasn't like super uh, consequential, but it was just a lot of fun. It was. It was. It was more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I enjoyed it more than I, than I expected to. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah. Uh, That's good, though. They, they've yeah. been they've been solid post. Yeah, all of, all of them. 
Oh, oh post in game. I did not expect all of this. The, this past 12 months is, was an amazing run from them. Oh, it was absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I would still like now that they're like retroactively a part of the Marvel universe, even though they weren't, you know, produced at the time being so now, like if we're going to like rank daredevil and punisher in those, like I would still have daredevil and punisher probably, even though the production values weren't as high. Uh, I re- did you watch the Daredevil or Punisher? I shows? didn't. I didn't. Never saw uh, either one. Really good. Luke Cage was pretty solid too. Uh, Jessica Jones was decent. I mean, th- those all those Marvel shows that were on Netflix uh, mm-hmm. several years ago. They're they're all worth watching as well. We might have to give a. We might have to go a little uh, ten minutes on Marvel at the end of every one of these. Uh, at the end of every one of these podcasts, I think. Oh, that, I'm down. I could talk for an hour about. I think we. I think uh, No Way Home. I think there'd be uh, some. Uh, think there'd be some interest in that all right we will be back next week for another uh for another update uh on oklahoma city and uh all things surrounding them uh brandon thanks so much man absolutely man have a good night ryan all right thanks so much for listening we'll talk to you next week on the daily thunder podcast hey hoop heads we appreciate you listening to this episode of daily thunder be sure to check out other nba pods on the hoop heads podcast network including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, At the Buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. There are also coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, The CoachesMaze.com Podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget the network's flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by Mike Cleansing and Jason Sunkel, and featuring the best minds in the game from its grassroots to the NBA.